Welcome to the Time In Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Time In Podcast. Today I'm joined by my co-host Ewan. Ewan, how are we on this fine Monday evening? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm doing good at the moment. I've explained to Craig, I've made dinner. It might not have been cooked properly, so we'll see if we make it through. We might have had a bit of salmonella from chicken, but uh, with the power of editing, you will not see you and run to the toilet. And if you, if you do see me later and I'm yellow, you'll know why. So, here, here we go. I'll make a good end, but fuck it. We don't need that footage, but... <laughs> But uh, we've had quite a varied couple of episodes recently. We've had some good guests on with the example of like Ali. And uh, we're going back to our roots and doing something comfortable, something easy and something that I think a lot of people would like to talk about at this sort of current time. And that's about the Halo franchise. So what we're going to do is kind of delve into just general conversation, probably going to sort of subject sections from there and at the end I'm going to finish with some funny facts um, and some pretty surprising facts about the game as well and the franchise as a whole so I'm going to start off with a wee question Ewan. Okay. A wee cheeky one. What was your first experience with Halo? I think we might have mentioned that in a past episode so years and years ago I'm trying to think what age we were it was probably about 13 maybe 14. Um, none of us had an Xbox. We had always played PlayStation. And then one of our friends said, oh no, I had the, the first Xbox. It was really good. So we had PS2 at the time. He had the Xbox. Xbox. I don't think I had a, a second name. It was just the Xbox, yeah. Yeah, and he always told us about Halo and it was good. So that would have been the first two. And he was dead into Halo. And so we'd seen him play it, but we'd never actually played it. And then when we were discussing the next console we were going to get at Christmas, hopefully, and it was going to be the Xbox 360. And so what we'd done was we went to an internet cafe. Um, you know which one it is. We've spoke about it before. And yeah. um, we went there and we played Halo. So we were all sitting on the couch playing multiplayer, all on the one console. So there was three of us there, and it was in- incredible. And that just, that was us. Sailing down the river of the Halo franchise and that hooked ever since. Um, I mean, the, it was at the point when we got the 360, we didn't have Xbox Live. So we, we took turns at going to each other's houses with the controllers and the memory card. <laughs> so you, you didn't have to recustomize your guy. <laughs> How times have changed, though. It's just, mm-hmm. it's mad. I think. Um, it's pretty crazy to look at how big Halo's become. I think we both would agree that Master Chief, the main protagonist of Halo, is the poster boy for Microsoft and Xbox. We, yeah, since Xbox 360, I would say. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. And uh, I think from Halo to Halo 2, and then obviously there was a big jump when Halo 3 was announced, that's when they got their kind of the real sort of name out there and became that kind of concrete game of the Xbox console franchise. And not only for Xbox, it's probably still one of the biggest franchises of gaming ever. It's got it's got to be up there. It's one of the giants that always comes up in conversation, which is rare because typically exclusives won't sell as many copies as names that will go across different... For example, Call of Duty, you can get that on any console. Skyrim, you can get that on any console. But when you say Halo, that's only Xbox, so... 
You'll be able yes. to play Skyrim on your uh, watch by the time Elder Scrolls Six comes out, but let's not go down that rabbit hole. Oh, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> but I was going to say, like, I was similar to you. I I played handheld gaming, and I was PlayStation predominantly, so I had a PS2, and then I played Halo at a friend's, and it was Halo Three. I think most people's first experience was probably Halo Three that then made the jump across the Xbox. Yeah, and uh, I had between that and obviously Gears of War had an impact as well, but mostly Halo Three. That made me move to Xbox 360, and I this is this is a, a kind of up for debate, but I would still argue the Xbox 360 is probably the best all-round console of all time. I don't know what your thoughts are on that one. I completely Sorry. disagree. I mean, I had my Xbox 360 got the red ring three times. <laughs> That's what you're going to be at, at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, daddy. Um, so. I got the red ring three times. Uh, the first time it was away for a while, and when you're that, eight, but by this point we had Xbox Live, and, and you know that was how you hang out with your pals at that age. You would sit on Xbox and talk to them, and play games, um, and then it got sent away. I had it for a few months, and it it broke again. So when it broke again, I was like, right, I know how this works. I'm going to start getting withdrawal symptoms, and then when I get it, I'm just going to play it non-stop for like weeks. So what I done was I was still buying games for it. And then um, when I got it back, it broke the day after I got it back, and that was the third red ring. <laughs> and I, I told Bundy, and he was like, I've, I've found something online. So he came around, he was like, it's called the towel trick. So you wrap it in towels oh, to overheat you... it. And, oh, yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. And it uh, reset. So um, what followed is just people memeing me with the Halo 3 logo with the three bars around it, red bar. That's sickening. But I, in my head, the Xbox One was probably the most monumental console for me because when I think of the iconic games that I played on it, that was huge for me. For example... Don't say it. Don't, we're going to go an episode without saying it. Come on. We can because I've got a very valid point later on as to why a right, game holds a special place. It, it connects anyway. It connects because obviously it's Bungie that owned the... Yeah. The, we'll, we'll speak about that in, in other games, but um, yeah... The Xbox One for me was the iconic one. That's when I got really into gaming. Xbox 360 was good, but you know, it's when you're at school, you've got training and stuff, so you maybe didn't spend huge amounts of time on it, but yeah. I know what you mean. Let's delve more into Halo. So Halo is a futuristic first-person shooter is probably the best way to describe it, but very much led by story, I think. It's up for argument that it's one of the best examples of storytelling ever to be created in gaming, which is funny because the main protagonist, Master Chief, says "fuck all," <laughs> which yeah, I think okay. kind of it makes it. It does. It makes yeah. it more epic when he actually does. He's got that heroic up. voice, though. So when he does say something, it, it's pretty cool. Oh, the voice actor that does the work for him is absolutely incredible. But I think I think a good way to kind of start off because Halo's again such a big franchise that you've got so many different sort of fans coming from different parts of the the franchise itself so for example your favorite game you tell us a bit about why it is um some maybe some things you've done in the game itself maybe some achievements whatever because I, I think i've got a good idea what you're going to say my favorite halo game <laughs> going then is it shock horror it's halo 3 what <laughs> I know, it's, it's a shocker. To be fair, for different reasons, Halo ODST is up there, but I think that's technically treated as an extension of Halo 3, because it was Halo 3 ODST, so, so I don't so, know how so. you count that. 
Um, Halo Three for me, it was it was the game that me and my friends were all playing when we went to secondary school. It was my first experience of a proper campaign. It was my first experience of a proper co-op campaign with friends and my first mm. experience of multiplayer when we got Xbox Live. So for see, me, that was like a, a huge thing. See, I was going to touch on that and I think this is still up for argument, but I would argue this point. I don't think Halo was the first game ever to introduce multiplayer. I think it was Counter-Strike. Yeah, oh, it definitely uh, wasn't the first one to introduce no, multiplayer, but, but it was the would, big mainstream one. But what I would say is I think it was the first game to get it right because I think for the yeah. fact that it worked well um, and it was a real staple of this is now the the standard for online gaming. And even look back at it now, so I'll give an example. I'm not going to jump the gun too much, but with Halo 5, it didn't have a fantastic launch because the story was a mess, but we're not getting yeah. to that yet. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but the multiplayer was good, but they actually went back into the content from Halo 3 and brought it in, and it completely changed. So even in what that would have been about 2017, probably Halo 5, maybe 2018, about that sort of period of time. I think it was still... one of the. F- no, it'd be about that, yeah. Yeah, they were still at that period of time so far ahead of when Halo 3 was released. They're still using that as the staple to go by. And I think a lot of games still do. But uh, why why Halo 3? Why why is it so amazing? What, if you're selling Halo 3, if you're someone that's lived in a cave, why, why play Halo 3? Well, out of the out of the Halos I've played because I haven't really played the first one for a full disclosure. I've played the second one, but only the multiplayer of it, when it got added to... Is it the, the Master Chief? Chief? Yeah, Master I played, I played Chief that collection. at Bundy's. I've got the Master Chief collection now, I just haven't started yet. Right. So Halo 3, it was the one that we all grew up playing. So when we got bored of running the campaign, we'd play multiplayer. When we got bored of that, we'd build something in Forge would play uh, game modes like Fat Kids so you know how you had one person really <laughs> slow with the gravity hammer and everyone yeah. was really fast but they were one hit and the slow person had you know max armour max recharge that just stuff like that was great fun or um, Infected or Griffball or you know games like that were amazing the fact that you could do pretty much everything in it you could make your own map you could turn it into a racing game with Warthogs if you wanted oh same wasn't it uh, and I just got really attached to that game to the point where we were getting pretty competitive with it um, mm. I know it was a ranked system I can't remember what the ranks were but we were all trying to get like, all the achievements for it to the point where we found a kind of cheat to get some achievements so if, right. if you look at my achievements some of them are actually in Japanese I think or a different an, an Asian language um, what you could do <laughs> is you could change on the 360 you could change your preferred language and or country and then you could change the search criteria or search priority on Halo to something like location so when you search you would get put into a game with all your friends and then you could just very easily get certain achievements I can't remember what it was I think it was one for killing so many people with a Spartan laser in one shot so we were doing yeah, stuff was, like that because uh, they that then changed them to commendations and then that would give you like a really quick way to level up. It's kind of like, for example, what Call of Duty do so well, that sort of rank up. Um, yeah. I'm the worst person to talk about Call of Duty, but uh, <laughs> Cam's sitting somewhere in the back going, you fucking dick, you're going to ruin this. <laughs> but uh, 
Aye, it's that kind of use a certain gun for so many kills and stuff. Yeah. I think uh, the biggest thing about Halo is if you've played it, almost everyone has played it with friends. And um, I think it's fair to say, not only online, but a lot of people have done joint sort of local area network or LAN, so actually in the same room and played it together. Yeah. And uh, I think everybody's done the campaign with all skulls on, which is obviously an increased difficulty setting on Legendary. Uh, I can certainly remember I'd done it with a friend at the time called Kenneth, and I think you were pretty similar. We stayed up all night, and it took us about 12 hours. But we done it. We done it. And to be honest, I came at the end, and I was like, worth it. Absolutely worth it. Well, funny you should say that. One of the things we done was myself and Bundy cha- were challenged by two people we went to school with about who could complete the Halo 3 campaign the fastest. Now, I agreed it would be in Legendary, and we agreed a subset of skills. It wasn't mm. all the skills, it was like definitely a subset, and uh, which, if people don't know, it's like additional modifiers you can put on. So um, you get less ammo, enemies are harder to kill, when you headshot a grunt, they explode with confetti, uh, grunt birthday party, had stuff like birthday that. On. But, um, and the idea was we had to see who can complete it the quickest. None of us had played it all the way through in one sitting and timed it. Like Craig said, when we realised it was taking 12, 13 hours, it was agonising because you, know, you <laughs> had been painful. sitting there all day your eyes were square you went went to school the next day with a, a headache it was but let me tell you it was amazing fun just sitting juice crisp we took a tactical break where we, we went to the shop for for juice and chocolate and stuff and we ran up and ran back to make sure we weren't spending you know any unnecessary time away from the console but that, that was tough going we had a if I remember right, we had a disaster where batteries ran out of one of our controllers as well, so it was back up to the shop for batteries and back. But, See, uh, the example that you've just given, so most people in, that have been born in the 90s, one of their biggest gaming nostalgia or memories is things like Pokemon and the Game Boy and stuff. I would argue for our sort of age category, and yes, we're in the same age category before you fucking start, <laughs> it's that I think it's one of the prime examples of gaming at its peak that sort of era i think and there's so much nostalgia for not just us but so many gamers out there that will go remember when we done um all skulls on legendary halo 3 it's just such a staple uh, and i think the reason why it's so good obviously there's the difficulty and there's the whole aspect of doing it for your mates and that sort of rush and that vibe but one of the great things is halo is not only great combat and gunplay but the storytelling the atmosphere and then I actually said in a previous podcast, I think it has the best music in gaming of all time. I think all of that combined, it just makes such a surreal experience. Even when you go back now, yes, the graphics are somewhat dated, but the experience, for example, the last mission where the music, the main theme starts in the background, the whole the planet, so yeah, when you're on the Warthog, the whole uh, planet around you is collapsing, or is it you're on a Halo ring? I can't remember. But that whole thing, and then at the end, you you come off the ramp and land in the Falcon. It's just... I've not had a real buzz like that in any sort of real recent game like to that level, and it's just nuts. But like, look at the music. So yeah. it had crazy amount of composers. The lead guitar, the guitar's phenomenal, as is the a cappella vocals, which uh, I tried to get you an attempt to attempt on this episode, but uh, unfortunately that won't be happening. No, but they use Steve Vai for guitars, lead guitarist for White Snake. He's done stuff with what Eric Clapton, uh, you name it. He's one of the best guitarists of all time, arguably. And it's just, 
you can't deny you have, we've talked about this before. The the chills. We're saying the music's one of the soundtracks that does send chills down your spine. I agree with that. It is a great music soundtrack. Probably one of the best and there's not many video games do that well with a soundtrack. Um you were asking me what my favourite one was before that, and I said yeah. Halo three I said slash ODST because I actually really enjoyed that because I had sorry wave based modes in it. And for mm. those of you that don't know, Firefight is cold, isn't it? Firefight. The firefight, that's it. And same idea, the great campaign and stuff. As I was working my way through that game, like sweating it out, doing stuff solo with friends and stuff, I didn't realise that what was going to be my favourite game of all time was actually being advertised in that game. So as you go through the streets, there was posters. I fucking knew you were going to do it. I fucking knew it. I have to mention it because, to me, I think this is genius. There were Destiny logos on the posters in the game and nobody knew what it was or that it was actually a, a sort of nod to future games that were coming. So people do inspect uh, Bungie games quite closely for clues like that these days. Funny you someone saying that. I've just Googled this. Um, so that ad for Destiny was an ODST. ODST was released on the 22nd of September 2009. So that's... So it came out in 2014? No, 2014 I think Destiny was. Was it not? I can check. Uh, I'll tell you. 13, 14 anyway. With the power of Google, it was released on the 9th of September 2014. There you go. There you go. But, um... This is where my unpopular opinion is going to come out. So most most people would agree Halo 3 is the best game in the franchise. I would for a storytelling point of view in multiplayer, but, and here's my argument, and it's... Honestly, I think it is my favourite game okay, of all just time. tell people why you're a big dirty Judas and why you're wrong on you go. I'm sorry. So my favourite Halo game is Halo Reach. And a lot of people... It's, you either love it or hate it with Reach. Now, it was the last game that the developer of Halo done, which was Bungie. Uh, Halo Reach is a follow-up from Halo 3, but it's actually technically a prequel because it's it based around the story of Reach, which is the, the planet where Spartans were created, and the fall of Reach, which is obviously when the Covenant destroy the planet. Spoilers if you haven't played that game, but you're a wee bit in the past. To be fair, it's been 10 years. <laughs> I don't think we need a spoiler alert now. <laughs> yeah, to, that, that's a fair point. And what I really like about Halo Reach as is that it takes Halo 3 multiplayer, it completely copies it, and we knew we were given examples. Things like SWAT, Griff Ball, you've got Forge, Firefight, uh, Big Team Battle, all these Steam Slayer, all these crazy game modes that had all of that, but then it added customization. And the customization in it is better than most games out now. So to give you an example, you could go as far as customising the voice and using voices of other characters. You can use armour effects, so you could have it that you had like a smell around you, lightning, all this sort of thing. So you from that... in that game as well, didn't you? No, it wasn't in that game. You didn't get finishers, but you had abilities which were new. The abilities were a bit hit or miss, so you had like armour lock, drop shield, etc. Yeah. But the big thing for me for... Halo Reach. I can't say it's got better multiplayer because it's it's Halo 3's multiplayer with customization. So I would say they've just built on what Halo 3's already done. Yeah. But I absolutely love the campaign and it's still the best campaign I've ever played for the reason being that the storytelling in it is phenomenal. Now I will agree there's a lot of negative feedback online that it's a very negative story because everyone dies. Shock, horror. It the planet gets destroyed. Fair. 
everyone dies, but the way in which they build up each character's abilities, what they bring to the noble team, which is obviously the fire team that you're working for, um, and how you lose each of them throughout the game, it's really powerful. And at no point do you go, thank fuck they're dead, because every character brings something, and I think the narrative is just absolutely brilliant in it. Um, for example, if you don't get a tier to your eye where George dies, and he technically dies for no reason when he blows up the space station, you're you're just not human. But uh, that would that would be my argument for Halo Three, uh, Halo Reach. Sorry, Halo Reach. I mean, if if you're talking about a compelling story, I don't think there's a Halo without one. I think they've all got quite good stories relative to other video games. In terms of the actual Halo ones, all ranked against each other. Tier list video. No, thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> In terms of that, I. I agree with you with Reach, I just didn't quite put it up there as, as good as Halo 3 because you've got Halo, well, you've got the Master Chief and Arbiter coming together, which is real. You've got that relationship with Cortana, kind of nowhere in thin, but you know, the, the issues that arise for that. I, I find, and Sergeant Johnson, that he's one of my favourite characters in the whole Halo oh, franchise. I wish I could remember the level, but you're sort of fighting your way around the tiers of this building, working your way up the outside you get to the top and then he comes in at a cutscene, it's pretty awesome um, I think we should do a playthrough but now I think <laughs> um, well, yeah, so yeah. I, I would say all the campaigns, especially from Halo 3 ODST Reach Guardians to a certain extent have quite compelling campaigns Can you just repeat that last part of that sentence? Even Halo 5 Guardians to an extent. Okay. I, so, what, what I would say is, though, see if someone says to me, you're wrong, Halo 3, I wouldn't disagree with them. It's just my personal preference because I like quite dark stories. Like, for example, my favourite TV series, and I think it's pretty close for Bundy as well, is Sons of Anarchy, and it's got such a dark narrative and shock horror. Most people die in it, and I think it gives really good character narrative with that being a major part um, but <laughs> I think yeah Halo frees up for arguments eh, sorry Halo Reach a lot of people kind of love it a lot of people hate it but similar to what you were saying about the guys coming online uh, so I was what I must have been 17 at the time I might have been 18 I can't remember but I was working part time in a supermarket while studying and uh, there was a bunch of young guys that we worked with and it was always great crack and uh we do, oh, you jumping on the Xbox and stuff. Same thing as you're talking about, that sort of mentality. And see the laughs that you would have taking the piss at each other, playing Halo Reach online multiplayer. And I think, again, that kind of factors into why um, that it's my favourite over Halo 3. Because in Halo 3, I played, played it with one of my mates, but I never really played it online with people unless I was myself. So that kind of factors into the decision. But I think we'll agree, Halo 3... There's an argument to be made for Halo Reach, but Halo 3 is the safe staple. Aye, I think we need to talk about it because I know you absolutely despise it. Halo 5 Guardians. Well, yeah. I was going to dwell into the, what happened after. So we're talking now 343 taking over from Halo 4. So I think yeah. start with Halo 4 and we'll get into Halo 5. Okay, okay. I've seen Halo 4 as an extension of Reach. Like in terms of. It, it, it didn't, it, no, hear me here. It didn't step up. Like, you know, when when you see, I see ODST as a sidestep for Halo 3, and then it went up a tiny wee bit to Halo Reach, I would say. there's n it, it didn't progress completely, but there were some improvements. The whether visuals that, were... That, yeah, whether that be graphics or whatever, I'd say it got better. Yeah. 
If a Halo reached to Halo 4, I'd say it was another sidestep. I didn't think there was a huge improvement, if any. Definitely not as much an, improve, an improvement between Halo 3 and Halo Reach. There wasn't that much a, a jump. And I've got an argument for why then Guardians is better, because I think from Halo 4 to Halo 5, there was another jump. I just didn't think there was a leap between Reach and Halo 4. Right. See, I played a lot of Halo 4, and I've played a lot of Halo 4 with Alex, who's been on a couple of episodes before. I think the biggest problem with Halo 4 is the, the story and the writing of it is a fucking mess. Like, the story is just all over the place. Visually, it looks incredible. Some of the gameplay and it's good as well. The multiplayer, I think, was really strong. I played the hell out of Halo 4. Uh, they did take a lot of game modes away, but again, they started adding it back over time. I can't remember the the game mode that they'd done, but it was like a... Do you know, like, for example, you've got seasons now in games, Yeah. but they'd done it, and it was like missions. It was like fire team missions. I can't remember the name of it. And uh, they used to update it, and they used to be able to set the difficulty stuff. You yeah, know, you know what I'm talking about. That's it. Um, that was really, really good. But I think the biggest thing that hurts Halo Four is the campaign. I think the campaign's a stinky one, but again, <laughs> multiplayer was pretty, pretty stable. And uh, I think the sound. See the sound difference that Three Four Three made to guns and vehicles. They absolutely nailed that. Like they've done a great job with making things just sound a lot more meatier and aggressive. But uh, they just, yeah. I think the writers really didn't get the campaign right. And it was a difficult story they had to put together because it's all about you obviously meeting the forerunners and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I think it was just a bit of a mess. But, but see, if you, you talk want to about improve, improvements from Reach to Halo 4, you would say a little bit in sound, they've maybe added a game mode. Other than that, there wasn't much yeah, improvement. I, so I, I think I that's a sidestep. I don't think it was... I, I, there, there wasn't any areas that were worse other than maybe the story wasn't as no, good man. so no, for man. that reason you kind of it almost balances out and so I say they're on par with each other for, for that reason okay um, if, go if to we, 5 because you, you played the hell out of 5 I, did I, it I played a lot of 5 when it came out and the reason I liked it was the big hybrid so at this point multiplayer's getting bigger and bigger you're hearing about games that can go Rather than 6v6, it's 10v10, 12v12, and eventually there's 32 people in the game, 64, and you're hearing about big team battles. This idea where you can get a multiplayer mode, where it's not just one team here, one team here, the clash in the middle. You're talking about multiple different teams clustered around the map, going for different objectives, working on different things in a big war zone, if you like. What was the name of it? That's, I was trying to remember that before obviously we went live. I, I can't remember what... I'm what the same. All that's coming to my head is Big Team Battle, but that's you know not... I'll have, a, I'll have a wee Google. I've got a wee Google here. So Mate, if you keep, search keep... that, what I think is that because you had PvP mixed with NPCs in that area, I thought that was brilliant for Halo. I thought that was a, a huge step up in my opinion. Um, mm. Again, sound graphics took another step up. The story didn't really take a big step up but it was better than Halo 4 I thought so for that reason because it's maybe got three or four aspects that were better than Halo 4 that's why I thought there was a big jump there a bigger jump than there was between Reach and Halo 4 it was called Requiem by the way Requiem was shite and launch but they made it good because they put it heavily in microtransactions and they got a lot of criticism but the one thing I'd say about the campaign the whole marketing before Halo 5 was launched that it was a uh, fuck is it Carter? No 
Well, it was a Spartan team, a Spartan ops team. Uh, I can't remember the the guys, the protagonist guy. He was sent to hunt Master Chief because they made out Master Chief had went rogue, and it was this whole thing: hunter be hunted. Yeah, uh, and it was about Spartan this whole Lock. battle. That was it. Spartan Lock. There we go. Thank you very much. And uh, it was this whole thing that uh, Master Chief had turned, and the, and there was all these clips about Master Chief lying the ground to damage, and I'm getting killed, and then depending depending on the side you chose. Um, there was then the exact same clip, but locks on the ground, dying, and they made out like you were going to have this choice, and it was going to be this big battle. And the problem being, when they launched that campaign, that just wasn't the case. It was the case for about the first fucking two missions, and then they met up and they're like, "Oh, we're pals now." And I think if they got that right, if they got that choice bracket right, and that sort of narrative, I think they would have smashed the campaign. But they got destroyed for it online, and then it's like. It's almost like there's two campaigns in Halo 5, but can it just completely turns and then it's, oh, by the way, Cortana's a fucking nut job. Do you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. I just I just feel as though the, the campaign is really, really poor. Again, some really good gameplay. Visually, it is gorgeous. Halo games always are. But um, oh, it, it was fun I would argue with the poor campaign thing. I mean, I, I, I agree with the, the word, this false advertisement. I don't agree with that because what you seen was in the game. They made you think something. They made you think something compelling. Which, when you're playing the campaign, it does. You have to get... You had to get that divide going. People had to believe that they weren't going to pair up. That was the perfect way to do it in the lead up to the game so they don't actually have to include it in the game. First few missions are apart. See if they continued that. If you chose the storyline whereby Master Chief gets killed... So that, takes the, that takes the whole franchise down quite a, a dark route, one that's really hard to continue. Don't if, need to kill him. Don't need oh, to well, kill him. If, if the Master Chief kills or seriously injures another Spartan, that doesn't come out well either. That takes the franchise down quite a dark route, one that I don't think Bungie's anywhere close to doing. That so would have been that a reason, because they come three. together, but you've got that divide suggested, I think that was the perfect way to play it out. And because you go between... You go the, go through the campaign, but from different perspectives. I thought that was genius. I, I would really enjoyed that. And then, if, what are you saying? If they'd done that, I would have absolutely supported. Remember, it's three four three. Bungie are away making destiny oh. at this point. But um, I think if they stuck with that, they they didn't have to kill the character. But I think that was definitely the narrative they were going for. Then a decision was made near our launch and says. No, we can't. We can't do this because it, it's quite clear when they actually play the game and look back. It just doesn't match up. It doesn't make sense. I don't think it was a late decision, or they would have put it nearer the end. Whereas it's near the beginning, and most of the the stories developed with those two characters working together. Unless they've rejected it, and that was going to be the build up. The the divide was going to be the finale, and they've just put that to the start. And then all these missions where they're working separately are no, because in the timeline when the match, no, I, I don't think that could have been a late decision. I mean, well, well, I agree or disagree, but the big thing is, do we agree that it's the worst campaign? It's got to be up there, it's better than four, I think. I think it's tight between four and five, I think it's pretty close. I think you could kind of go either way. I would uh, probably argue five, uh, but. I would take both answers. Yeah, I think four's worst, but it's a tight margin, tight margin. Mm. And I, th- I think we need to talk about it. Like Craig said, the last two haven't been great, so we're both a bit worried about the next one. What has gave me faith was that I got my new Xbox. 
Xbox Series X that came in a nice fancy box where it holds a console across the way. It's, it's pretty cool. And on the back of the box is the Master Chief. The flagship game and you can't play it for a whole fucking year. That wound me up to start with, but then I thought any game that's been delayed has came out better because we complain about half-baked games getting released early, so... <coughs> Cyberpunk, sorry. <laughs> Cyberpunk, that's just one of many. I think that's um, the worst example, but anyway. It's almost like the standard now, publishing a half-baked game. Anyway, I'm not going on a rant I, when I just said that, I think I remember I've said that in a previous episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I take a bit of comfort knowing that they've delayed it to do more work on it. I don't know about you, Craig. How are you feeling about that? 100% agree, mate. And the fact that it's going to be in PC as well really excites me. And I think a lot of what we do away from podcast will be Halo. It's, it's got to be uh, in the future. But the one thing I would say before jumping on to uh, Halo... Fuck, what's the title of it? Guard... Yeah, but what's the name of it? Call it Halo 6 for now. Halo 5... See, it's multiplayer now. It started off again. It was there was a lot of negative criticism because they took away all the old game modes because they wanted this heavy push on Requiem, which I understand, which was good to extent taking away the the travesty about microtransactions. But at this at that stage, Halo Five again, its multiplayer wasn't great. If you go into Halo Five today, the multiplayer is phenomenal. It's absolutely incredible. It's got all of previous games. hasn't got the heavy customization as much as Halo Reach as an example, but it's a good staple game to go go to. So I think if you were to look at Halo Five now compared to release, surprise, surprise, it is a much better game now. But I just wanted to kind of touch on that because it sounded like I was shitting on Halo Five. They did do three four three did do a good job eventually of getting the multiplayer fixed, but I think it was a little too late because they did lose quite a lot of them. Um, Population, population, yeah. But I mean, anyway, sorry, go, they, go they, they lost all of the population because there's other games in that category that can entertain people with the same kind of interests. I think yeah. it made a big improvement. It's almost like this. This is what I compare all improvements to. Remember No Man's Sky? That was a yeah. car crash at launch, but then it sort of turned round, and now it's better than ever. But they've done it almost a year or two years later. The fact that right. Halo done that, I rate that, and I wish, this is my appeal if anyone's listening, I fucking pray somebody does that for Anthem. That has got so yeah, much potential, that, that game. You have no idea. No idea. Mm. Yeah. But what... 343 gets such heavy criticism about yet to make a good Halo game. Yeah, they've got this... I think the storytelling's not been great, but there, there has been great improvements. Like, visually, obviously, moving with the times... Halos became prettier, but against the sound, the sound work of Halo is some of the best that I've seen in games as well. So, but do you want to go into Halo Six a little bit? Because I know you know quite a bit about it. I actually don't. I've, I've got some some stuff on it. I mean, I, I watched the what was it? The sort of not the documentary. The wasn't even a vidoc. The release of the gameplay footage. When I watched this, it was limited I would say it was like Craig said every Halo the, generally the graphics get better the sounds get better when I was watching this it was very basic gameplay it didn't look really hard for a sort of I don't know presentation of the gameplay I try to think of the word like a big sort of display show or review show I don't think they wanted it in a high difficulty but it did look dead easy that worried me mm. a bit it looked simple they had you know, classics like the Needler and stuff, they had some new weapons. It looked good, but bearing in mind how far it's been delayed, I think that must have been a very early rendition of the engine and 
very early. It had to be because it wasn't even uh, running underdeveloped in gameplay. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't running properly at sixty frames per second. It was struggling, Aye, and I, I think mean, that was a lot of people's criticism. But sure, it's not going to be like that in release. No way. I fucking hope not. <laughs> well, well. Here's here's a clip to go back to in the future, but uh, uh, but I, I I'm I'm optimistic for it. Seeing that they've delayed it, seeing the stuff that was going to be in it, hearing about how the the world's going to work, I'm thinking you drop the Master Chief into a Skyrim kind of world, and that that's in my head. That's what I'm picturing. I thought you were going to see Destiny there, you, and sometimes you surprise me because <laughs> it is. It's going to have an open world mechanic, isn't it? Yeah, and Destiny's not open world. Don't get me wrong; it's lots of different arenas, if you like. But yeah, Skyrim actually is mostly open world, and I think this is going to be fairly similar. Yeah, one thing I will say, free for free, if you're listening, please, li- please, please listen to the Time and Podcast. For other times when you say that, I'm sure not one of these people has listened. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I don't even know what I was going to say. Now that's totally set me off. But um, oh no, that's what I was going to say. Cross platform, just fucking do it. They're not going to if it's an exclusive. But no, let me hear. Obviously, it's not going to be on PlayStation. But look what Xbox and Microsoft's relationship like. Obviously, they own it. They're going to start moving towards PC. You talked about this on one of the console episodes uh, a while back. Mm -hmm. Is that the Xbox is kind of it's kind of going to be your alternative to your PC anyway? They completely connect as is already. Um, Just please put PC and Xbox crossplay. Please put it in. Don't restrict people because they're playing console and PC. I know it's quite difficult to do logistically, but just just do it. Just fucking do it. Uh, it <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen, but we'll we'll worry about that when when it comes close to yeah. that bridge when we come yeah. My question would be, right, do yeah. you think it's gonna be a good game? What, what does your gut tell you? What, what, what do you think is going to happen with it? I think it's got to be better than the last one. I think it's coming into a very difficult field. See, if you look at the popularity of first-person shooters at the moment, if you're looking mm. at first-person shooters that are competitive, have good campaigns and are quite engaging and time-consuming, and then other ones that have that sort of sci-fi element... I think it's a really saturated category at the minute. I think that you could go into the stores now and pick out 10 games that sort of fit that rough criteria. Yeah. That being said, in past generations, there's not been many that have done it better than Halo. So I'm quite confident it's got to be be up there. And people have got this itch that hasn't been scratched since Halo 3, maybe even Halo Reach for people, Mm. that I think this will hopefully... And they were playing on nostalgia quite a bit in the the sort of reveal, so I think they're realising which ones were most popular and that they're going back to that. I think uh, there's always this this is up for debate, but Bungie exceeded storytelling except Destiny One. But um the the but go on. (laughs) A fucking Destiny One at launch, don't even try arguing. I know at launch, but what game has been good at launch? Halo's not even out at launch. It's funny, you keep saying lunch and all I can think is is lunch, but anyway, that just that's just me. But I'll not make the well, joke, but on you go. I just do it now to stop you. But Bungie, you can tell they are good at storytelling. Uh, yes, Destiny's up for question because that was the next project they worked on after Halo. 
but they they are good at what they do in regards to storytelling and I think the big debate is can three four three get to that nostalgic level and that pinnacle way of storytelling that Bungie done for the early Halo franchise. I think I would totally agree that three four three as a business have done really well in regards to the actual gameplay, the graphics, the sound, which I've touched on already. But what's really hurting them is the the story. Like no campaign has got near to the level of Halo Three, arguably Halo Reach if you're me. But and again, I guess it's not fair to say we're going to make a better campaign story than Halo Three because that's that's like one of the highest campaigns that you can compare to in any sort of gaming. But even if they get close to that, because let's agree, Halo Four and Halo Five wasn't close. No, uh, I know you like Halo 5's campaign to an extent. It's but... not even that. I think I don't think. I'll tell you the problem here. Looking at it as an outsider and looking at each of them individually, I reckon Halo 4 and Halo 5 had brilliant campaigns. The problem is we've got a lot of nostalgia attached to Halo 3 and Halo Reach that nothing's ever got to touch them. And they've got something that no other game can possibly have. It's something, arguably, we've both got for the Destiny franchise as well. We see it with those tiny glasses because we've got so many good men. Think about it to a certain extent. If you're looking at that from an outsider, you'd say that's a solid game. Whereas we see it from a completely different perspective because of how we've played it, when we've played it, who we've played it with, and the memories we've got attached to it. I think that's the problem. I think if you look at each game individually, you could argue they're all incredible games. But let's face it, we're talking about Halo 3 being sort of unbeatable in our sort of kind of game rankings at the minute. Yeah, I think uh, if Halo 6 does, there's simple fixes in there. The story is obviously their biggest challenge, I think. But Halo 6 is an example. Um, if they can sort out microtransactions, don't get silly with them. Um, if you want to do Season Pass, I actually quite like Season Pass as a mechanic, we've talked about this before, me and you, yeah. like for example, we'll go to Destiny because it kind of fits, is that you can buy the season pass, you'll get something that you can get anyway over a period of the time, but it'll give you some additional cosmetic stuff, as long as it doesn't impact gameplay, because Halo 5 was absolutely ridiculed, because Requiem, you could buy like guns and vehicles which would give you power, so for example, if you're kicking about in Wraiths all the time in Requiem and Halo 5, you're going to have a massive... Um, advantage to someone who hasn't because it was a card system wasn't it you would yeah, buy box and cards, you cards. exactly there you go i think if they're smart about <laughs> don't say it but um if they get the microtransactions right which i think they will um it'll work really well and depending how they work multiplayer i know it's gonna be quite difficult with the open world uh scenario but if they don't restrict anything if they bring in all the old game modes swap forge all this sort of thing and then building it from there, I think it will be good. And the delay, the delay is a good thing. As much as we're sitting there going for fuck's sake, it's like me. I, I've lost the will for Elder Scrolls Six, but I know. Well, I tell you what, actually, right? See when it comes out, and it's meant to be two thousand and twenty-four, right? And obviously, Skyrim was in two thousand and eleven, right? If it's not the best game I've ever played, Todd Howard, you better fucking hide. But um, anyway. <laughs> See, to be honest, if you're looking 2024 and you're looking at the new Elder Scrolls game, in my opinion, it's got to be, it will be good. I've got it's no got doubt about that. Because see, if you think about I, I, this is a complete tangent, but I think it's important because people are talking about no, it, go for it and then 
So the day after recording this, there's a big Skyrim announcement, no Sky, Oblivion announcement about it going into ESO, and I was talking to Bundy about Sky Oblivion the other week. Um, Oblivion in the Skyrim engine that is. So yeah, if if I think of the jump between Oblivion and Skyrim, that was colossal, and that was from Xbox three sixty. No, they were both Xbox three. They were both three sixty, mate. Yeah. So then I but think I think it's not, Oblivion not one of the first games launched in the 360 though. Yeah, it's got to be one of the first ones, isn't it? Yeah. I, I was thinking about the gap between that. Even if you compare it to Xbox One, Skyrim, mm. huge jump. Not just in the quality of the game or the size there, or and the size did go up a little bit, but the quality of everything, graphics, dialogue, equipment, everything. I don't think they can take this long with that much improvement in technology and the game not be better. It's the same people working on it. They know what works. I mean, they've kept the stuff that works from Morrowind all the way through to Skyrim and arguably some elements in ESO. They won't get that wrong. It's like what you're saying, though. Like, We'll we'll not go into the the Elder Scrolls loophole because you know I'll start taking off my clothes. But (laughs) they're using the, the Unreal Engine that they used for... Morrowind, they're you. They've they've kind of unofficially yeah. said that's what they're using in Elder Scrolls Six. So, if anything, going back to Halo, Halo, three four three. Use what you've already got. Don't take away. Just build on it. Um, but I wanted to do a little fun bit at the end and kind of go through some crazy wee facts as we do like to do. Um, it worked really well on our Elder Scrolls episode actually. So I just wanted to kind of touch on some bits. So first of all, Ian. We've got some crazy ones. Did you know Halo almost didn't have a multiplayer mode, which it's obviously famous for? I do, but only because you told me that fact before we started today. <laughs> it was because of costs. So um, really, it was tra- yeah, it was tra- changed from a RTS to a first-person shooter because but... Halo was originally an RTS, which is just absolutely mental. And you think it, Bungie's not a huge, or at the time, wasn't a huge studio, so you could see how cost would maybe get to them. Yeah, it's crazy though, going into that I, I kind of gave it away already Halo began life as an RTS for Mac For Mac Just let that sink in None of us would have played it <laughs> <laughs> No one would play it <laughs> But uh, uh, Supposedly, I'm just looking through Some of these ones I think this is this is kind of common knowledge For real big fans But it is pretty insane So the whole Spartan programme about obviously Taking people, enhancing them, uh, so they enhance their growth, their sight, etc. This is insane. Spartans were actually kidnapped as children and then genetically worked on to become super soldiers. They only picked children. So I don't know if you've seen any of the kind of film ad- adaptations or TV programs. They kind of show a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's dark as fuck. They literally kidnap kids and play with their fucking genes and shit and DNA and make them crazy fucking super soldiers that have no feelings or thoughts so that's yeah. that's quite a crazy one um i'm just thinking any other ones this this one blew my mind so obviously elites one of the main protagonist well villains from the covenant do you know the the sound that they do so the the speech that they do it's no, english can you, can you give me a reminder <laughs> i don't know right <laughs> it's english in reverse is it it's english in reverse jeez which I think that's for a uh, combat evolved anyway, which I think's fucking quality. Um, I'm trying to think of any other ones. 
I'm trying to think. Uh, here's one actually. I'm just looking through some of the more interesting one. So we're talking about the power of storytelling, especially with Bungie when it was in charge. Halo Three has more than thirty-five thousand lines of dialogue. What? Well, almost every character in the game speaks. Every NPC, even enemies that you're fighting. It's not. Probably it makes sense not. or not. Like it could be English backwards. That, that's madness. You're talking MMO levels there. But um, here's another one that you actually touched on in this episode. So ODST actually began life as a small expansion pack for Halo 3. And then became a separate game. So what you said is absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it did love... branch off because there was plenty they could cover. They could cover it in detail and you could enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. One thing I wanted to touch on as well, the book series was, has been really, really popular. Um, an old friend of ours that's no longer with us, he was a massive fan of it. Uh, he actually preferred it to the games and I borrowed the Fall of Reach book, which is based around Halo Reach's story. Um, really, really good. Uh, I think they're still making books to this day. Yeah. Or is it comics? Um, I'm just trying to think what else there is. That's I think that's kind of the best bits. There's some good ones to kind of yeah, cherry pick from. Facts. I, th- I think an obvious thing is once we're all, uh, if, you, if you don't know, we're in the mid- I'm in the middle of getting a, a different gaming setup, which hopefully we'll have a video out on in the next few weeks because I'm going to have two live advisors shouting at me telling me how to build everything. <laughs> that should be a laugh. Um, I think we need to do a playthrough of... I, I think Halo 3 would make sense, but I'm cool with Reach as well. I think we need to I do think a, It needs a to be free. It needs to be free. I yeah. think free hits the feels more. As much as I prefer Reach, um, if I was to choose to play with a group of people, I'd play free. And I don't know if it's something that's doable in a shorter time because, I mean, 12 hours is a, a fucking slog. So maybe with three or maybe we could pick up a fourth, I think we could complete the campaign on Legendary maybe six, well, seven, eight hours. Well, I know straight away two people that might have been viable, Cam or Alex, for example. It's Cam I think they, didn't know that. Um, I think everyone in the first-person shooters is to an extent, but I think <laughs> if we... Uh, Pulled his ear and says, Come on, the camera and play the game. I think he would jump on. He's a good lad like that. I think we need to but, watch time zones with Alex because I think when we're on later, he's just waking it up. <laughs> but yeah, again, so, might be good. We can, we can run subs. It's about six hours, I think, is the difference. It's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll, we wouldn't struggle for a, a team on, on no. Halo, and it's something I think we should definitely do. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. But I've got one final thing I would like you to do. I want you so. As, as short as you can, okay. I want you to sell why you should play Halo 3 if you've not already. Well, not just Halo 3, sorry. Halo is a franchise. So if you were, if someone said to me, why should I play Halo, what would you say? I've got a, I've got a few bullet points rather than like a short sentence. Right, okay. It's one of the very few games that has every element in it. There's Casual PvP, competitive PvP, a great campaign, and Forge, which is a very unique thing to do. It almost brings Minecraft in it as well, when you think it. Anyway, and you can make <laughs> any multiplayer game what you like. The campaign, when you compare it to any other campaign and that whole generation, or the next generation, stands up incredibly well. It's an incredibly compelling game. The graphics are great relative to others in that area. 
that you can tell it's not next generation or even current gen. Yeah. So I think for that reason, the campaign's well worth playing. The multiplayer is incredibly well balanced and really dynamic. It's so good to get into. There's still people playing competitive Halo 3, believe it or not. It's that good. Um, I'm Halo Reach, like me. But and if hope. you're a completionist, someone who wants to get achievement, all the achievements, this is an absolute mountain of a game to get your teeth into. That would be that would be my appeal. Me, I think that's absolutely bang on. I that you'll never struggle for people to play with because as yeah. much as it doesn't have a huge active population, if you say to a big group of mates, do you want to come play Halo 3? I guarantee you at least one of them plays it or wants oh, to yeah. play it. Definitely. And I, to kind of round it what you and say, I could not agree more. Um, I think if I was to pretty much say it, it would just be repeating you. But there's a reason why most games are compared to it. There's a reason why it's kind of held in such regard. If you don't want to listen to our opinion, just look at the gaming population as a whole. It is that staple first-person shooter. One thing I will say, though, to finish off, and this will put a smile on Ewan's face, Destiny has much better gun gameplay. So there you go. I cheered you up. I would argue Destiny's a... It's not an RPG, but because of that, they've got more leeway with the weapons. Halo yeah, 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 yeah. is stuck with rigid weapons and there's not a huge amount of them. There's maybe 10 different, 20 different weapons in that region. And so for that reason, they're stuck and there's nothing as long range as Destiny. I, I think it's hard. What you're it's a hard there, you're, the, See that category? How mm. the, the gun feel is, how the shooting is. I don't think any gun, any game could really challenge Destiny on that. I would agree. I would 100% agree with you, mate. So think, it's, yeah. it's no fair to compare it to that. I mean, it's one of the, the best in that category, but it, it doesn't beat it, but it holds up pretty well against it. Yeah, and the only reason why I say that is because, obviously, Bungie being the previous developers of uh, Halo, they used the Halo sort of engine um, to practice and learn to then create Destiny, so that's why I kind of used the example. But See, as an example, it's probably got as many guns as any Call of Duty game. Think it like that. So it is probably yeah, maybe yeah. not quite as many. Maybe uh, can't maybe be far off between half and about the same, because you've got lots of different. Well, if uh, Luke Smith, Luke Smith stops getting rid of them, fucking all, um, we'll be fine. But uh, fuck uh, Luke Smith if you're listening, Luke, as you wouldn't. But fuck you if you're celebrities and, and video game got... royalty listening every week. <laughs> Todd Howard, three four three, fucking Luke Smith are all watching this. Luke Smith, fuck you. Well, you don't um, know that yet. I, I imagine when he puts in a mod, that's like there's a really bad character that just runs around shagging livestock and his name's Craig, Dover Craig. Thanks, mate. I'll have you know my gaming name is Dragon Tits, as we established for one of our previous episodes. Jeez, Dragon Tits. I, was that not Jungle Tits? Sorry, it was somebody I knew whose nickname was oh, Jungle Tits. Let's, let's look at that. And by the way, that person you're talking about, we met through Halo. We met her in Halo 4. Oh no, that was uh, I was talking about someday before that, but about. I forgot Jungle Tits actually went on to that. Uh. We can say the name, it's Jane, because obviously how many Janes are in the world? It was uh she was a Halo 4 player. That's how we met her. That was a, a very oh, funny story. Alex, if you're watching <laughs> I forgot that was, that. that was that was your doing. But um I I don't know if you want to touch on anything else for Halo as a whole. I've just kinda this is a nice easy episode where we just talk about Stuff that we know a little bit about, I think it's fair to say, yeah. and it's 
quite quite a relaxed conversation. My last thing to say would be if you haven't played a Halo, go play Halo Three or Halo Reach. If you have played Halo and you're not sure about the next one, I've got high hopes. I had high hopes for Halo Four and Halo Five. That being said, I've got higher hopes for this next one coming. And if anybody wants to play Halo 3 or Halo Reach with us, give us a shout. We can do it on stream, we can do it on video, we can just do it offline if you like. Yeah, definitely. One thing I would say um, with the move to YouTube, some of the engagement's been really good from new fans and old. Uh, We really appreciate it. And I know we always hammer on about we absolutely love the guests that we've had on and we want to continue doing work with them. Um, Ewan and I are working on a future project in the background which we'll talk about probably in social media when it's a bit more confirmed but we're working on doing a group project probably with the region of 8 to 10 previous guests um, which is going to be a good bit of fun as well so you've got that to look forward to in the upcoming weeks also Should have set up video shortly and I guarantee next week's episode is going to be a banger because we're joined by some special guests next week looking forward to that one it certainly won't be um, as much as I won't be a major part in it um, I can't, can't you, find technically the they're, they're recording you might not be a part at all but Bundy will be there and I'll be there so you've still got to I'll, I'll be hiding in the background <laughs> doing the technical stuff <laughs> listening, watching but um, Ewan thank you very much for joining me once again I thank you for anyone who's listened all the way through and make sure to check us out not only on YouTube but on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Twitch. Sometimes I know it's been quiet with busy guys. I've changed Get jobs and stuff. Shortly. Yeah, I've I've changed jobs and stuff, so we've kind of been a bit here or there. But we're starting to use it again. We're doing to just use it for general gameplay and stuff as well. So, and yeah, thank you for the love and support. We really appreciate it, and we really hope that you're noticing a bit of difference in the quality of content and the variety as well. Yeah, definitely. And on that lovely wee note, you and I all sign out and we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Bye. Cheers, guys.